Cheap Talk. Robin Zander's Countryside Boulevard. It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Hello, hello, this is Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, and you're listening to Cheap Talk. Hello, kitties. You're listening to Cheap Talk with Trick Chat. I'm Robert Lawson, the author of Still Competition, the listener's guide to Cheap Trick, available on all Amazon sites. I'm here today with my pal, Tracy Yeshulis, and we're giving Ken Mills and Brian Cramp the day off. Tracy, what are we going to be talking about today? Today, we're talking about Robin Zander's second solo album, Countryside Boulevard, which was released in 2011. Or was it, Robert? Uh, well, that gets a little tricky. At the time, Cheap Trick were signed to Big Three Records. They had released Special One in 2003, Rockford, great album, uh, which Ken, Brian, and I talked about on episode 47 of 48 of this podcast. Big Three also put out Sgt. Pepper Live and The Latest in 2009. So what happened with Countryside Boulevard was it was recorded, it was to be released on Big Three, and then there were some contract negotiations. So we don't have all the information about that. But what I can tell from the outside is that uh, Cheap Trick wanted out of the record deal. And in order to do that, Countryside Boulevard was sort of collateral damage. So that album is owned by the record label. Uh, What they choose to do with it, uh, that's up to them. Obviously, part of the contract was that it did have to be officially released in some fashion. So probably a bit of a dick move. (laughs) But what they did, originally the album was scheduled to come out on May 25th, 2010. Then it was pushed back to November 23rd, 2010. Then it was delayed till March 22nd, 2011. This is not good, folks. When this kind of thing happens, that means that something ugly is going on behind the scenes. So the final result of all this mess was that on April 5th, 2011, Big Three released Countryside Boulevard digitally only for one day. So fans who were uh, on top of their game were able to buy a digital version of it immediately that day. And luckily for the rest of us, a lot of people did that. So now the tracks are out there. You can actually listen to the whole album on YouTube. But uh, there's never been a physical copy of it released. Every once in a while on various cheap tricks, and Robin Zander Facebook fan pages, some well-intended person will post that they were finally able to buy a copy of the real CD. (laughs) So uh, when that happens, usually somebody like me or Clive Palmer will respond and say, hey, can you post a photo of that CD that you got? And where did you get it? Uh, not to challenge the person, but just to confirm what we feel we know, that there is no physical copies of it available. And, of course, then the, the person uh, will post a photo of uh, what's clearly a bootleg. So uh, anyone can listen to this album for free. It's on YouTube. You can download it from uh, different sites. Um, but if you're buying a CD copy of it from somebody all they're doing is pressing a CDR of it 
from those same files. Now, if you want it with the pretty artwork and stuff, I guess that's okay. But uh, you're you're really just giving money to to a bootlegger uh, when you don't have to. So we so we want to kind of clear that up that there is no physical CDs out there. What's amazing to me is that many of the people, and I'm sure they're all lovely, lovely folk, but when they say that they've purchased an actual copy of it, and then if we can get them to show a picture of it, right on the artwork it says the unreleased album. <laughs> well, if that's a real if that's a real copy of it that was somehow, you know, people think that it was uh, available briefly, why would it say unreleased album on it? That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, if anyone has any questions about this, we can definitely talk about this more in the future, and if anyone from Big 3 would ever want to talk about this, I would really welcome that conversation. Now, Tracy, here on Cheap Talk, we're only playing samples of any songs, so when people hear something that they like, then they can look into it a little bit more. As always, we support Cheap Trick and Robin Zander and feel they should benefit financially from their music. Right. Uh, but going forward, because the album's called Countryside Boulevard, Tracy, do you consider this country music? Well, in January... I saw Robin in uh, the Wisconsin Dells for his solo show. And while he was on stage, he he performed one of the songs. But he said that it is not a country album. Countryside Boulevard simply was the name of the street that he used to live on. And he wonders right. why people think that it is. Now, I would say, <laughs> right? I would say that the cowboy hat, the blue jeans, and the pickup truck on the front artwork as well as the fiddle and the distinct country twang of the guitar would be an indication that it is probably a country album. Uh, but that's just me. I consider it a country album. There, actually, I consider it a country album with maybe two or three non-country songs on it. Yeah, it was also recorded in Nashville. So uh, right. to say that it's definitely not a country album, there, it's a bit of a gray area. You know, it's almost like a country record in the sense of uh, like the Eagles kind of thing so there are country flavors throughout it yeah there's pedal steel there there's there's fiddle but i wouldn't say it's it's not like a straight up um hank williams or like a dwight yoakam record um but it does veer towards that so him him saying that it's not a country record that's uh he's kind of moving the goalposts uh, around <laughs> a little bit that's not quite correct but yeah. i wouldn't say it's a full-on country record and there's definitely songs on it that could be serviced to rock radio Right. It, it, or leans toward what they would call Southern rock, maybe. Sure. Uh, in a way. I'm not, I'd be curious to know why he's so insistent on saying that it's not a country album, but that could be a whole other episode, perhaps. <laughs> well, you know, these artists, they have, they look at their art far differently than, than the fans or even the, the collectors do. You know, uh, Silence of the Lambs, the director was insistent that it wasn't a horror movie because somehow horror was uh, like, like considered less than it was if it was just considered a thriller or a drama or something. Um, so maybe Robin feels that people are categorizing it as a country album. Well, it's not even that it could hurt sales because you can't even buy the thing. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know why you would say that, but uh, uh, artists definitely have a different perspective on their art. Than we do, and often they are a lot less informed 
because um, it's not their job to you know pay attention to what something's called. Their job is just to create the art. A music geek like me, my job is to ponder over it for hours and hours, and <laughs> you know write books and you know do podcasts. Right. <laughs> anyway, so so whether it's country or not, I guess the best way to figure that out is to uh, look into the album. And let's start with the very first song on the record, which is Every Dog Has Its Day. Well, I like the song a lot. I think it's a great song. One thing that's really uh, is interesting to me about Robin's solo stuff, and this includes his 1993 album, is he has this really strong Tom Petty influence. And I don't hear that on any Cheap Trick records, but I hear it on a couple of songs on the 1993 record, and I definitely hear it on, on this song. You know, it, it to me it sounds like it could be off of Tom's uh, 1987 Full Moon Fever album, which is definitely not a favorite Tom Petty record of mine. But, um, yeah, I just find it really odd that Robin has this Tom Petty influence because they're sort of contemporaries. If you look at when, you know, the first Cheap Trick record, it's not like Tom came out that much earlier than Cheap Trick, but it's definitely in there. And in this song, he actually also mentions, like, Harry Krishna, it's sort of like a to me a little nod to tom's good friend george harrison so uh i like it a lot and i think it's a good opening cut what do you think well i'll begin by saying that i am not a fan of traditional country sounding music you know like the twangy guitar and all of that so although i think that the song is pretty the tune is catchy you know you can find yourself humming along. Uh, I, I'm not a real big fan of it. I think that it's a little cliche in some of the lyrics. I mean, he sings about his dog getting run over. You know, it's like, that is like cliche country lyric stuff there. And it starts right off with that twangy guitar. And, and to, you know, like, I think that when I first acquired the music, I almost skipped over this song because I was like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, because that's just not my thing. But you know, over time, I'm, I I can listen to it. I don't skip it necessarily, but I don't love it either. Not a huge fan. You know, country music is, is in a really odd place right now. 
and uh, and I guess it has been for for a while in that it's become so commercial and so overproduced that it is almost unrecognizable to what authentic country music uh, was. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. I mean, you can actually, I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> but but I agree. So you know what passes for country music now is uh, it's it's really just kind of pop music with uh, maybe a little bit of steel guitar or, or guys wearing uh, cowboy hats. It's not really that connected to you know what I consider real country music, which is George Jones, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, of course, Willie Nelson, right. uh, all those kind of people. It it really has changed in, into something else. So I don't know if Robin was sort of courting that by making like a pop country record. Uh, we don't really know too much about it, like what his intentions were. I, I can tell you that when I met him a year or two ago before a show and I told him about my book and I told him, there, you know, there's a whole chapter in there about both of your solo albums. And he seemed really surprised. He was like, really? You, you talk about both of my solo <laughs> records? I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? <laughs> Like, they're your albums. That's part of your story. And he was really intrigued by that. Yeah, I uh, I heard that when fans have asked him to sign, you know, like the the earlier one, uh, he's like shocked. Like, I can't believe you even have this. And I'm thinking, oh, who doesn't have it? Right. (laughs) You're right, though, but they really don't know. They're in their own little bubble in a a way. and, And they don't know that actually a lot of people have it and love it, you know, so it's interesting. So next we have song walk in shoes. She could be most everything. Man could ever need. She can chase the blues away as far as I can see. There's nothing to gain when you're bound to lose. She's the girl, the girl with the walking shoes. Her heart's as good as gold Better bring your overcoat Tomorrow might get cold I should say I'm 
Now, this is interesting because it is actually a re-recording of a song from that 1993 uh, self-titled Robin Zander album. So this is uh, interesting that he chose to redo a song from that first album that nobody <laughs> that nobody has, <laughs> according to him. What are your thoughts about Walking Shoes? Uh, I love the lyrics of this song. Uh, not a real big fan, of course, again, of the, the instrumental part. Uh, I prefer the one on the, the the original solo album, but it's not bad. I li- I I listen to it. I sing along. I also, you know, recognized it, of course, when it when I first listened to this on the first pass. Like, oh, hey, I know that song. So yeah, I like it. It's all right, but I prefer the other one, just because it's a little more rocking. Yeah, I think it 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 shows at least that he was uh, he must feel strongly about it that he wanted to give it another chance. It's ironic that if he thinks that nobody has the 1993 album, so he's going to re-record it for this in 2010, really nobody has this. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, but when he was recording it, he didn't expect that no one was going to have it. Sure, yeah. Right. So next we have The Ballad of Gene and Me. another Tom Petty kind of song where uh, I think it really sounds a lot like like uh, later Tom Petty and when I say later I basically mean 87 forward I know 1987 was a long time ago but it even includes the lyric don't come around here no more <laughs> yeah. which was a Petty song from the Southern Accents album if you listen closely during the verses I think he sounds a little bit like Paul Williams but uh, that might just be in my mind I like it a lot. Sometimes I just have to get past this this whole Tom Petty thing. What do you think, Tracy? Uh, well, I I can detect the Tom Petty stuff for sure. And then the, you know when it first starts, I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be a great rock song. But then of course comes the fiddle. <laughs> nope, you know I'm I, I, it, I'm 
terrible, I guess, because I just, I like shut down immediately when I start to hear that, that maybe because I was raised with country music. My, my parents were huge country music fans, you know, the old school stuff. Right. And I hated it then. <laughs> so maybe that's why I have this like aversion. But when I, when it starts to sound too much like that, I don't really want to listen to it. I think that if the song would, would have been straight up rock, it would have been great. You know, uh, it could have been a, a hit even in my book. I mean, other people, you know, probably have no problem with it. I'm just a little weird about the, the, the country thing. I just, it's a turn off. But I mean, body wise, it's a good song. It's just, I wish they would have let it more rock and roller than, than turning it, you know, into the old country thing again <laughs> well well and that's the thing about you know him mentioning at the dells that it's definitely not a country record is is really even though i don't consider it a hundred percent a country record there are enough elements in there that it would you know kind of veer into that genre it's not like a it's a, a black and white issue like there's no way that motorhead is country okay that's black <laughs> right. that's, that's black and white with this, you go, well, okay, you recorded it in Nashville. A lot of Nashville session guys on it. Yeah, you've got pedal steel, you got fiddle. Can't really say it's 100% not a country record. But like I said earlier, I think it maybe is more similar to kind of an Eagles country-ish album. Speaking of which, country-ish, the next song, Heart of Glass... actually has background vocals by Sarah Buxton, who is a country uh, artist in her own right. She's got a couple of albums out. Yes. There's something about the tone of her voice that I don't really get into, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Again, we don't know too much information on the kind of the making of the album of maybe why she was chosen or right. why, uh, you know, how, how these people all came together. I don't know if that was a, a deal with the label or if there was somebody better that could have been used. One of my favorite songs on the album is Next. What's her name?
Okay, so what's her name was a B-side from 1993. So it's not on the 1993 Robin Zander album, but it was a B-side to the single Show Me Heaven that was released in Germany from that album. This is a really fun tune because it's a real total kind of Buddy Holly thing. The Buddy Holly vocal, you might hear that a little bit more in the 1993 version than here, but I think you still get the idea. It's got a real... I mean, it's just like a straight up, almost like a Buddy Holly tribute. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a catchy song. I mean, I could definitely live without the, the oh, hey, oh, yeah part or, or the way he says it or sings it. But uh, it's upbeat, which is nice. And I can, you know, tolerate listening to it. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I don't mind it. It's a rave review from Tracy Yashulis. I, I can tolerate I, I, it. <laughs> I can tolerate it. Well, you know, and I did start out by saying that I'm not a huge fan of the... I love Robin Zander. Everybody knows it. First I've heard of it. Yeah. This, there's some things on here I really do like, but there's some things on here that I really could live without. Let's just put it that way. So next we have, I wonder what you're doing tonight. Anticipation will never work hard. I 
breathing As I'm waiting in the dark I wonder what you're doing tonight, babe You know my imagination runs I wonder what you're doing tonight. Acoustic ballad. I don't really have any strong feelings about it one way or, or the other. Do you have any comments? or? Yeah, I like this one. This is one of the ones I do like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice. It's a ballad. I like ballads. I also like really you know good rock songs too. But um, I've always liked Robin singing ballads. Sure. And uh, I think it could have been a hit. Uh, probably could have been a crossover hit as well. You know, could have been a hit on both sides of the of the spectrum there sure because it's not it's good middle of the road it could have been a rock rock, or maybe not rock but adult contemporary or something you know as well as a uh, modern country hit but i like it a lot so next we have pamela jean Obviously, the song is written for Robin's wife. 
what what strikes me about this song it has the lyric nobody does me like you do <laughs> which uh you know as well in addition to being highly sexual he actually used that line at the <laughs> rock and roll hall of fame when they were inducted on april 8 2016 when he kind of thanked his wife for <laughs> for supporting his career he said nobody does me like you do and i just wonder Boy, of all the people who've never heard the Countryside Boulevard album, <laughs> what did all those thousands of people in the audience and watching on television and hearing just think of this? He just comes out with this kind of comment. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And, and now, you know, me, I'm like, oh, he must have been in trouble. <laughs> He's trying to suck up. <laughs> He's in the doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been on the couch tour. That was just, that was hilarious because I was there. And when he said that, I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a good song though. I, I think it's the least country sounding song on the album. The melody's nice. You know, I don't hate it. Well, the next song, Say You Will. does kind of have a barrel house piano going on uh i find it to be really kind of a rolling stones type uh rocker and uh you know this is one of the the more up-tempo songs on the album right and uh even though there's harmonica i'm okay with that uh it reminds me of his voice on the newer cheap trick albums you know like on uh, we're all all right and bang zoom crazy hello mm. it, it, the, the tone of his voice is very similar and and that's that's cool. I don't mind that. And it, you know, I think there's another one that could have been a hit, and it was a nice addition for it with the female vocals on that one. Sure. So next we have was I wrong. Here 
another piano ballad this one has a, a little bit of a backstory to it it is a duet with sarah buxton so we have her in there again but uh there's a bit of history with this song so it was originally called no reason and this was like a kind of an acoustic neil young style song that robin had uh, contributed to the 1980 all shook up album if you have a chance to hear the original, or even just from hearing this version, you can tell that there's no way it would fit in the All Shook Up <laughs> album. So it makes sense that it was left off that. But uh, this is another one where you got to think that Robin felt pretty strongly that here's a song from 1980 or even earlier. Maybe we have to ask uh, our pal Brian Beebe if this uh, dates back even as far back as, as uh, their time together as a duo. Because it's definitely a Neil Young folk kind of acoustic ballad. So here, they redo it uh, for Countryside Boulevard, and it's nice to finally get a uh, an official version of it. The lyrics are a little bit different from No Reason, but there's enough similarities that it's definitely a reworked version of that original song called No Reason. Let's listen to the original one now. We've known each other pretty Was I wrong? 
just a in at night and pray there's still some love left in your eyes but now I know just enough to starts out good it's a nice ballad uh, on this one i'm not a real fan of her voice again and I, it's not her voice it's it's i don't know what it is it's the way she sings her part maybe mm-hmm. but it's a good song i i like it i you know and again the ballad uh, he's an excellent ballad singer <laughs> so if it's a ballad i probably will like it unless it would be I don't even know what. I haven't heard one yet that he sang that I didn't like. Let's put it that way. So next we have Love Comes. Love comes round just in time Something that's hard to find No one knows what I've been going through Same old song, how does it go? Another real interesting thing, because as most people probably know, this is a actually a cheap trick song. So this was on 1985 Standing on the Edge album, with of course a lot of 80s production and 80s drums and 80s keyboards. So he resurrects it here in more of an acoustic kind of a gentle rearrangement. So you can kind of see that Robin feels strongly about a lot of songs that maybe have not been given their due. From the past, whether it's a B-side like What's Her Name, Walk and Shoes from the 93 album, and here, going all the way back to 1985. 
it shows that he, um, yeah, not only has he kind of redone it for this album, but he's, he's performed it somewhat recently live uh, with his solo band. So he's, uh, he's not above digging deep and uh, going into like back catalog for songs. Yeah. What do you think? I like it. It's a nice, relaxing kind of ballad. His voice is very Robin Zander-like on this one, if you know what I mean. Instead of Robin Zander trying to sound country, it's like Robin Zander being himself. I think it's a good uh, kind of reinterpretation of the song. I actually preferred this version over the one on um, Standing on the Edge. I think almost anybody would. Because yeah. it's such a warmer sound that uh, that does the song justice. Like, to, uh, you know... to. To listen to the 1983 version, you have the, the obviously it's a great song or a very good song, and really heartfelt lyrics. And then you know the 80s production, which <laughs> I'm not going to blame anybody. It was the 80s, right? That's what, that's what you did, but uh, it just really dates it to that time. The new version of it shows uh, that the song actually has a lot of life after the 80s. Yeah, this is actually my favorite song on the on the whole album, and that's saying something. <laughs> Yeah, out of, out of the two that you like. Of the two, don't <laughs> like more than two, but this is my absolute favorite one on the album. It's up there with me. I, I, I would agree. So now we have Save the Last Dance for Me.
Save the Last Dance for Me. This is really interesting. Obviously, it's the old Drifters song. Uh, Robin's doing it kind of in the version of a Harry Nilsson, which was on his uh, 1974 album Pussycats. Uh, I I found this one a little surprising that he would he would go so far back uh, for an actual cover. Uh, obviously, he can he can you know they always say like you know Robin can sing the phone book and make it sound good. So he can literally do anything. Uh, I found I found this choice a little odd. Yeah, and I found it. He drug it out too much. He, it was too slow, in my right. opinion. Like I mean, his voice sounded okay, but it was just it was like almost could put you to sleep slow, just too slow. It, it, the song, the original song, I like. It's fine, but this just his tone is great. Everything's good it's just so slow it's like oh it's almost like a an effort to get to the next the next word you know right so the album wraps up with uh, a very brief uh, reprise of you are my sunshine <laughs> i'm not sure sorry <laughs> yeah i'm not a yeah i don't know about that I'm not sure why that ended up on there <laughs> yeah the album kind of limps to the finish line yeah. After uh, after some really strong things like "Was I Wrong" and "Love Comes," it uh, kind of limps to the to the finish line. Interestingly, there is a song called Countryside Boulevard. I don't know where it's from exactly, or if I or if I know, I forgot. You can see some footage on YouTube of Robin performing it with uh, Joe Perry from 2018, and it's definitely not a country song. Like, if this song was on the album, it would be the least country song of <laughs> any of them. So did he write a song with that title after the record was shelved? I have no idea. But it's um, uh, it's a very odd odd thing that like literally eight years after the album was recorded, now he's he's doing a song by that title um, in concert with Joe Perry. When I when you mentioned that and I looked at it, I thought, well, you know, that was the time when he did a, a spot on Joe Perry's album Switzerland Manifesto. Right. And so I pulled it out to see if it was a song on that album that I forgot about, but it, it isn't. So I'm not sure where, where, why, or how. But yeah, definitely polar opposite of country, for sure. Right. No idea where it came from. I have to check. Is that a bonus track on the Japanese version of oh, Joe's maybe. album? Who knows? One other thing about the You Are My Sunshine thing is it's not indicated as being on the album. 
So if you just stop when when uh, Save the Last Dance for Me stops, you would never know it was there because there is a really, really long pause before it gets to that song. <laughs> and I think the only reason I heard it for the first time was because I have it in my my playlist for when I work out and it's random. You know, it just picks random songs and plays them. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it's a hidden bonus track, which is yeah. I don't know if it's um, a bonus, but it's a well. <laughs> I feel like I'm the, I'm the BJ in this uh, in this uh, review today. <laughs> yeah, you know it was kind of a fad in the '90s to put like a, a hidden song at the end of a CD. A lot of people did that. I mean, Cheap Trick kind of had a almost a joke about that in the 1997 self-titled album where they put a hidden bonus track uh, at the beginning of the album. So you had to like fast rewind to get to it. So the gimmick is very old. I don't know why we need hidden bonus tracks. And this, it's not even like the full song. It's just like a little excerpt. Right. So I, I'm not really sure what the point of that is. Uh, anyway, maybe we should have a bit of a listen to that live version of the song Countryside Boulevard, just for people who don't know what we're talking about. This is Robin Zander in 2018 with Joe Perry.
one thing about, about this album that uh, when it does get discussed on on Facebook uh, pages and groups, uh, and this happened just recently with a, a well-intended soul who said, "Is this worth getting?" <laughs> and uh, uh, you know, I I think the answer to that is that there there here here's how you know if a CD is worth getting. If anywhere on it you see uh, the words Robert, or, sorry, Robin Zander. <laughs> If you see those on there somewhere, it's worth getting. Agreed. <laughs> right. I mean, one of the greatest rock vocalists of all time. Uh, many Cheap Trick fans love the band almost purely because of his vocals. So if you see that Robin Zander has done a solo album, whether it's in 1993 or 2010, it's worth getting just to hear what he's doing and just to you know to find out uh, what it's all about. Whether it's a great album. I wouldn't say so, but not every cheap trick record is a great album. Still worth getting though. So and so again, don't pay money to the bootleggers unless you just want that fancy color artwork. You should be able to download that somewhere for free. But you can get the tracks, you can listen to the whole album on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh overall though, I would say it doesn't make my ears bleed, which is a good thing. <laughs> It's just totally, I think it's just, it was an attempt at the time to maybe get into the country music market. Yeah, that, that was definitely, it was, it's definitely a move towards that. Uh, you know, like we said at the top, you wouldn't be recording in Nashville and using a lot of Nashville session guys if, if that wasn't part of the intention. But, you know, the way things turned out, the label is holding the album hostage. Uh, there's nothing else, uh, you know, I don't see any point of them ever releasing it. Little interesting that August of 2012, Robin actually did re-record "Every Dog Has Its Day," so that was an iTunes song. Um, it was a benefit for a, a dog charity, and that digital single had a previously unreleased song called "She Can't Turn Back Now." solo Robin songs out there. It's just a matter of uh, if we ever get to hear them. 
But um, as I said at the top of the show, Countryside Boulevard is owned by Big Three Records. Unless they decide to release it, it's not coming out. So any uh, misinformation among the fans of like, why, why, why won't Robin put it out? You know, why doesn't Robin want us to hear this? Has nothing to do with with him. They own the album, and uh, I don't think they're ever going to put it out. There's there's no there's no point of them putting it out, especially at this. Uh, point where, like I said, you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube. Right. I know he at one time did say, you know, he was working on trying to get the rights to it, but I mean, that was probably a while ago already, and I think it's probably a moot point at this point. Well, they've they've been talking about putting out the Steve Albini in color sessions right. <laughs> for right. the last twenty years, <laughs> and I think they they ha- they actually have the rights to those now, and they're still not doing anything with it. But, uh, you know, maybe that's a topic for another show. So there you have it. Countryside Boulevard by Robin Zander from 2010. If you haven't heard it, please check it out on YouTube. Let us know what you think. And also check out my book, Still Competition, The Listener's Guide to Cheap Trick, which you can order off of all international Amazon sites. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Robert. And Until thanks the Ken- next time. Yes, and thanks to Ken and BJ for letting us uh, take over the airwaves for a little bit. We'll see you all on the next episode of Cheap Talk. Thanks for listening. We're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> and that's our show. Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap tricking.